0: Hey guys,
1: I'm André Villas-Boas. listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 12. I'm ASD. And I'm Chris. And Chris, we're gonna talk about you because you've had the most amazing weekend sport in Spurs, right?
2: Oh, I've absolutely loved it. And I've had this weekend planned for a while. I didn't realise it was going to be quite so good. So obviously it's the end of the Rainbow Laces campaign this weekend. So it's been two weekends or two game weeks to ensure that every team gets to have a home fixture. And so we had our fixture against Newcastle. The less we talk about that, the better. Mm. Uh, But yesterday was um, Bournemouth's fixture. So Louise from the Proud Cherries, shout out Clarkie, she was great, uh, said to me, do you want to come down to the game we'll, we'll do something pitch side beforehand and I was like yeah sure no problem and I've got loads of loyalty points I was like I'll likely get a, a ticket so that's fine no problem and I'll just come down and uh, I didn't think anything of it and I've never managed to get a ticket to Bournemouth before because obviously it's quite a small ground but I still thought oh I'll get them because i you know so, I got the email saying how many loyalty points it was, and it said 476. And I was like, oh, I should be all right. I logged on, I've got 475. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I was so gutted. So, I messaged Louise, and she said, Don't worry, I'm sure we can sort something out because we want to do something. um And then, anyway, it turns out that the thing that they wanted to do was that we were going to carry the ball onto the pitch.
1: I saw that. And I mean, the nerd in me wants to know about the ball because it looked a bit mad.
2: It like... was a new ball. Yeah. It was quite light. Yeah. She said to me, do you want to do it? And I was like, well, what about you? It's your ground. She was like, I've done it before. And I was like, uh, yes. Yeah. So this guy just hands me this football. So basically what happened was, was they dropped us off and we went and sat in our seats. And then they said, so-and-so is going to come and get you at this time. So-and-so didn't turn up. Okay. Don't know where she was. And so, like, Louise is getting, like, phone calls from this person and that person, and then it turns out we were late. So we ended up having to go through the tunnel, which we wouldn't – we yeah. shouldn't have done, really. And it was literally just before the players were coming out. So there was a bit of buzz in oh. there. Didn't see anyone. there's a bit of buzz in there. Oh, and we also passed Harry Redknapp on the stairs. So that was quite funny. That
0: is – yeah. And
2: so when we go out, this guy just hands me the match ball. And I'm like, wow. And so, like, I did hold it and, like, go – Score goals, Spurs, score... In my head, obviously, I didn't say <laughs> it out loud because I was there with a Bournemouth fan. And then this guy, like, says these some stuff and then says, and we've Louise and Chris onto the pitch, and, like, they're holding the ball, and, like, people are clapping, so I'm, like, holding the ball in the air I have to give it a little bit of something. Put the ball on the plinth, take a cheeky selfie, which <laughs> Louise, like, never... You know, she was like, I'm not sure we're allowed to do that. I was like, yeah, but what are they going to do now? Like, it was fine. <laughs> and then, actually, what they'd arranged was they have... People waving flags as the team comes on. You might have probably saw yeah. it on Match of the Day last night. And this and I was like, I'm not waving a Bournemouth flag, so no thank you. Yeah. Um, but that meant that they she was there with her nephew and some of the proud Cherries members. So I had to stay by the side of the pitch as the players were coming out. Yeah. As like what looking at our bench and stuff. And then to get back to our seats, I had to walk past our bench. So the thing that I noticed was that Antonio was still wearing his Proud Lilywhites badge. So as I walked past him, I sort of tapped my badge because I had the same one on my jumper. And he looked at me, He looked at his badge and smiled again. And, and he smiled like he actually gave me an actual smile. His eyes smiled. And I was like, I'm not sure I've ever seen you smile before, Antonio. I didn't say any of those things, no, no, no. things going on in my head and um, passed by Eric Dyer. You know, like, like literally I was half a foot away from him. That was good. How big is he? How tall is he? He was sitting down, but he's enormous. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's six foot. I think it's like six foot two or something. So, but watching them come out of the tunnel was cool. I mean, it was great. That was great. And then we went and sat and we had some great seats. If you uh, follow me on any social media, obviously there's plenty of photographs. We had some great seats. Two nil down, obviously. I was a bit like, oh, Gould, how have we managed this against Bournemouth? But there was also a part of me that thought I didn't feel too stressed by it.
1: No, 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 no.
2: Didn't feel too stressed by it. And that was weird. And then, of course, we had an incredible turnaround. It felt
1: like I feel very confident in my ability to predict half the games that we're in when I'm in the ground. It just you know what it's like you've just been to so many of the games you know how things will turn out i put it in the group didn't i i said as soon as we scored that first goal yeah. i told my dad we we're going to score that first goal before it happened and then i said as soon as it happened we're going to win 3-2 and we're going to win 3-2 because you just knew that they they just peaked Kiefer, i love Kiefer more um he's our he's our number 9 at, at for wales he's he's a one trick pony he's just a lump I he's the reason we won't score many goals because I think he's quite I think if Romero was on the pitch he would have marked him out the game because like Sanchez got bullied by him definitely for the header and then all over the place for the first goal um, but yeah it's good to see Cess and Cess was going off Cess was going off after a, a fairly abject performance I thought but it's good to see him with the is that what Conte wants that that wing back thing is it is that do you think what he wanted like that, well that's that his thing
2: of, isn't it the yeah. wing back thing. Yeah no, yeah, no, I mean, you know, look, I think it was hard, you know, like I, I, I'm not such a big detractor of Big Dave, but he had a bad game.
1: Sanchez, yesterday.
2: yeah, he yeah, a, he had a bad game.
1: He has one in him, doesn't he? Every now and then. Um,
2: but I suppose you know the only like it was a sh- it's a shame they had to come on to for us to do all right. Mm. But I guess at least it shows that we can start another team and then we put those players on or whatever. Yeah. But you know, like it, I don't know. You just kind of felt it coming, and also three goals from players that weren't Son or Kane.
1: Yeah, Davis's passion was unbelievable. He went crazy for it, and he's he's a very reserved man. I loved seeing that.
2: Yeah, and, absolutely. And then afterwards, I saw you. I'm sure you saw in the interview that he said I leapt like a salmon.
1: Yeah, I'm not All sure right about then. how much I like that.
2: I know um, and he didn't actually like it. Was I looked at it? and I was like, did you really? But no, it was brilliant. I mean, you know, and I, I felt of you know, and I was obviously sat with Bournemouth fans. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Um they, and they so I, you they must have worked you out.
2: Oh yeah, but I wasn't the only one because it was like in the. Um, It was sort of their hospitality bit. It wasn't, like, really, but, like, you know. But, like, there were people around me who were doing loads more shouting than me. I said, like, one thing and then realised where I was. Because, also, I don't want to be disrespectful.
1: Yeah.
2: It's like, I don't like it when there are people around me that are from the opposition team. No, no, no. So, so I, like, made sure that I didn't make a whatever, you know. Yeah. But, uh, like, Louise was quite kind of, like, you know, pretty chilled about the whole thing. I guess, like... She knows what's what. We were both enjoying the um, Brighton Chelsea score as we were yeah, sat there. Yeah,
1: that was amazing. And then the Leeds Liverpool thing was amazing. But I tell you what, I'm thinking about it is, cause when you go and you've got something more than just the football to think about, like you did. You you had your, like there's multiple things going on for you. The football, the rainbow laces. Mm. It just puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? Because it can really ruin a weekend. Uh, a performance in the first half like that, but actually it doesn't matter as much as other things, I guess.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I feel that way all the time, which is why, like you know, look, I love Spurs, as you know, I wouldn't spend half mm. my time doing what I do if I didn't. But it doesn't. I, I don't let it ruin my weekend anymore because there's a lot of other it? things. Yeah,
1: because well, yeah, I remember when I first started going so when I came to London in 2008, and it was it just felt a community that finally I felt like a bit of a community you know and came and it just was suddenly my thing and it was suddenly everything and then as you sort of the edges get numbed a little bit and the, the colour gets dulled a little bit as people move on as you've seen everything that can happen you see seen players die in front of you you've seen like comebacks you've seen being battered you've seen people celebrate in front of you it just sort of all gets boiled down into just a bunch of experiences where and it sort of it it gets more irritating or nice. It it's you lose the extremes, don't you? It becomes harder to hit those highs.
2: Yeah, but, I suppose I. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. I don't know. Like it was like that goal going in was great. I love yeah. Conte going down the tunnel. You heard him what he said afterwards. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, cause it was because he um he just couldn't face it being not a not a real goal could. Didn't he? Yeah. Because I was worried when I first saw it. I was like, Oh because I've got a I've got a horrible feeling, which we'll go on to it later. But yeah, that that was good. There was a bit of me that was annoyed we were in that position in the first place, but we were of course. And Benteke just changed it and he's been our player of the season so far, I think. He's just he's just very good. He's just a very good footballer.
2: Do you think he's had a better season than Pierre?
1: It's it's difficult, isn't it? They've both been very, very good. Pierre what scored three goals now?
2: Four goals? Yeah. Did you see his bit on I, Football Focus?
1: I saw it on the BBC, yeah, about how he talks about his dad and things. You can. Oh, was... but I
2: actually I sat and cried a little bit when I watched that, to be fair. Because actually I think I always intuited that about him.
1: Mm, what the... Do you
2: know what I mean? There was always something about him that gave him that little bit extra. Or like how he, you don't realise, you can't believe how young he is. Do you know what I mean? And he yeah. seems to have like a fierce... Um, sense of injustice like you know like wanting to fight injustice and it just mm. made me think I wonder if like being 18 and looking after your dying dad is a thing that of course matures you beyond your years but then also gives you a sense of like how really unfair things are not right yeah you know that's what you know so I you know amazingly spoke about it though I think it's brilliant
1: yeah I think it also gives you a sense of anything can be taken at any time so and I remember reading interviews with him about how there was one was a really good one where he said he wakes up he drinks a pint of water and how about just uber disciplined he is because he says you know I can eat rubbish and sit around when I'm 35 but if I've got this chance why wouldn't I take it and you can definitely see I found it really hard because obviously uh, my mum died of cancer three years ago just under Three years ago, and like it, 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 it felt very relatable. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah. it was pretty tough to listen to, to be honest. Um. Yeah. I think he's had a great season. Uh. There were rumors of. I, I was trying to think of because you know when we talk about people who had great seasons, you sort of forget that Kane's there and he's been brilliant. Son's been there, but neither of them have been particularly brilliant. Kane's obviously scored loads of goals and he's been very good, but Son hasn't got off to that start. And he was linked with Liverpool, wasn't he, in the week? But I think it was I probably... keep.
2: I've seen him be linked to Real Madrid this week several oh, really? times. Yeah. You, like mean, several times.
1: I I just want to see the boy happy always, but
2: um Yeah, but I'd rather see him happy in a white Spurs shirt. Yeah, of course.
1: Um I talk about there's a bit of a pattern emerging with the with the manager 'cause we're we're seeing a lot. We're seeing the conte out stuff grow and we're seeing this pattern where it feels like we're beyond the bit where it's going against the grain people saying that now and that we're just that actually we see more people say even though we're getting points it's either lucky or quite boring which was the Mourinho wave you know this is what happened at the beginning of the Mourinho out um then we speak, I think we're in phase two where we're seeing fans talking to big groups of fans saying guys look at us bickering, squabbling, that's the young ones, but like, we need to trust the process. You know, we've been through this before. And the next phase, we're going to see the manager talk about it. he hasn't got the players, he hasn't got the squad, he hasn't got the squad that he wants, and it's not his fault. And then we're going to be in the stage where individual results take on huge significance. Like when Arsenal lose now, it's a bit like but the project's working, whereas when we lose, it's like, oh, everything's awful. Um, so we, I think we've got to be careful. And I think the thing that's different here is that we're not going to get rid of him before the end of the season because we can just end the relationship and it will cost us loads of money. And I, unless they're going to get Pochettino, in, I can't see them just paying him off.
2: Will he leave before the end of the season?
1: Well, I read that Spurs have got the op- option to extend it. Spurs, it's in Spurs' hands, so I don't think he'd leave because why would you? Because
2: well, if it's in our hands, then he definitely won't stay because I, he can sort of why like I, I don't know the man, but mm. it's the sort of thing that's like show me you love me. And if we don't show him we love him before mm. the end of the season, there's no way he's staying. Yeah. And I didn't know that it was in our hands to do that. I mean, Look, who knows? I don't know. I didn't realise there was more of calls to get him out, right? Um, I think it's like the problem. The thing is, you know, it's hard, isn't it? Because mm. you also do that thing of like, why does it, what, you know, like wh- how come it happens whoever the manager is? You know, we had a little bit, there was a little bit different for a bit under Potch, right? Yeah. But it was only a bit. It wasn't age, you know, like, it was, there was that one, there was like one time. The rest of it was all a bit, you know, the same stuff. Look, I I was saying this to someone today. We are, he will definitely come back. Potch? Yeah. I think so too. The question is just when. Mm. But the thought of like Conte coming to us and they're still not managing to do anything is a little bit disappointing. But, you know, considering like how focused everything is or is on winning and you can see that's like where, you know, what his drive is, what he loves, how he wants to operate, all the rest of it. It's like, well, why have, isn't there a better outcome? Yeah. It's not like if you look at what he did at Chelsea. Like those players weren't that much better than what we've got here. They weren't that much. And I look, and I know the the um, I know the games moved on, and I know Erling Haaland and all the rest of it. But you know, we've arguably got two of the best players in the world, two of the best forwards in the world, and you know they're not at their finest. And I think that's weird.
1: Yeah, I I don't think the the system as it is works for them that there needs to be something and maybe it is just one creative midfielder or just something just to open up just to let people breathe a little bit we've scored the third amount the third highest amount of goals in the league which i think is really interesting we scored 26 goals i mean city were on there with 37 arsenal got 30 so i mean that's pretty impressive because for something that feels very defensive and contable we scored a lot more than chelsea 50 percent more than chelsea 50 percent more than man united you know, we're, we're smashing it.
2: I think that's also something to bear in mind is that, you know, we do also find ourselves complaining about things that aren't actually real. Mm. We do it all the time.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like
2: that... we are third in the league and we've scored the third amount of goals. But, I, you know, I think the problem is, though, is that it look, does look like, sadly, that Newcastle are going to crash the party.
1: Mm. So you see, they had a protest, didn't they? Um uh, some of the fans had a protest at the ownership outside the stadium, which I think is very brave. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I it f- feels like that you know, there's that um, people overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in ten years. If you and if you ever look at our progression over the last twenty years, we talk. I mean, I'm saying this. I had a bit of a rant at the beginning of the last podcast. I was just a bit emotional. Um, it's just a very boring watch at times. At all, do you think it's the players being scared? Because Conte always says that it's and Mourinho said exactly the same that it's a mentality thing they're not doing what he's telling them to do on the pitch.
2: But the problem is with that is well then you're not telling them properly.
1: Right. That's communication and leadership.
2: But surely that's what that is. You can't just go well I told them and they're not doing it. Yeah. Like even if you like imagine your mum saying that to you I told you you're not doing it. I
1: just told you well, she's she's dead, like- Chris that's a bit bit brutal.
2: <laughs> i'm sure she didn't parent you while you were an adult asd oh
1: well she did but really...
2: <laughs> okay one's mum Me i just think it's kids, that yeah. thing of like and also like well you know look there's a whole school of management in business precisely because people don't do what you've told them to do mm. and
1: i love all this leadership stuff and people like you can't just tell people what to do. You have to build them. You have to grow them. You have to build the whole situation around them so that yeah. they want to do it. It's not that you can tell them to do it. It's, that's, uh, that's not the way it works. So, and that's the
2: um, interesting thing about culture and values as well, isn't it? It's like, what is it that they're doing if it's just about football and not all the other things? Because that's the thing that you always heard about Poch. And I'm sure I told you this that one time I went to the training ground. Like every player came up to us and shook our hand and that was something that he was absolutely insistent on that everyone that comes into the house gets properly greeted by the players and yeah and by all accounts that's what he did is that he went around to every department whichever bit of the business they were in and said right you know you're part of what's you know you're part of this so the success on the any success on the pitch is down to you too because we're all doing this and I imagine that Mourinho and Conte and no, haven't didn't bother with any of that they were just like we're, we're here we're here for the football but that stuff matters and it and it does find its way into all the other stuff as well
1: I'm, I I love all this sort of stuff I'm a big believer in um like people often talk about how do you create culture at a business well you can say this is what culture is but actually it's in behavior like I need to know that you know what our culture is and that's how it's built is us sharing those beliefs and knowing that we share the same beliefs and there's maybe that there's a disconnect there. I I love that story about the um that NASA janitor, you know, the, yeah. the uh, you know the who when he was asked when he was he By J F K, yeah. Yeah. What do you do? What are you doing? He's saying, I'm helping put an astronaut on the moon. And maybe that's that's the bit we're missing. Yeah. I don't know. Um
2: And that's what I think that's what Klopp's done at Liverpool. Yeah, But I guess the point there then is, is that the cycle, you know, like they're in that cycle moment now. And yeah. um, they're not, you know, like he hasn't done whatever he needs to do to refresh the cycle because it's weird to see them in such a state.
1: If you ever look at his last two jobs, he did seven years and he's in his seventh year at Liverpool. He he peaked and he needs to rebuild. He's never done it. So he's, he's always moved off and all managers do that. That's why Sir yeah. Alex is one of the greats and why... Unfortunately, Arson is one of the greats. Yeah. Um, and Poch wanted to do it, didn't he? He th- he told them that that's what he wanted to do, and then they changed his the job title to first team coach, wasn't it? And the year before he left, and then he left, and they tried to squeeze more performance out of the older team through Mourinho, and it, it didn't work.
2: That was that great house shame about the furniture, wasn't it, or whatever mm. it was that he said. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a killer. I know. Um,
1: so yeah, Bournemouth, good game, good fun game, proper football. You know, I've been like I watched that Wrexham documentary and like I'm, I'm I was never a Wrexham fan because like, I'm from Cardiff, but um it was interesting watching the two of them, Rob and Ryan, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, get to know football, mm-hmm. um and you start to think about it through a real neutral's eyes because you know even the people people here, you cannot get away from football whether you like it or not. It's everywhere you go, whereas they, they're total newbies to it. And so it's interesting to see them and seeing from their eyes how boring the game is to them at some times, particularly at that yeah. level. Yeah. But it's actually the the emotion of the game yesterday makes it all worthwhile. You know, that, that's what we go for. So good game. And then we go on to sporting, which, I mean, great to see Marcus Edwards. Hugo should have got that. I'm a bit of a shocker from Hugo. Um, and then we should have won it. I The fact it took four minutes. I don't, know. I don't, I'm not going to say here it was offside or it wasn't offside, I don't know. It, It. I think it looked a bit offside, but the fact it took four minutes, just, if, if came to the benefit of the doubt, it's ridiculous that we've got, they had two systems, didn't they? They had the 3D system, which we didn't see at all, I don't think was working, and then they've got the normal VAR, and it took them four minutes to work out, and that's, that's millions and millions of pounds and people's jobs yeah. they're playing with there, literally millions. Well,
2: look- well, look, I think there's a couple, you know, I'm I'm sorry if I've said this to you already, but I've said it a lot this week. It's like, I've never really had an opinion on VAR before. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, you want it to do the right thing for the game. There's two, there's a few things here. And I thought this from Newcastle as well. Who decides what gets taken to VAR is the first thing. Mm. And if it's not the referee, then the referee is no longer refereeing the game. And you might as well just admit that whoever's in Stockley Park is the boss referee because if they have the final say so they might pick it up right and they're it's stockley park that are saying you want to look at that again or whatever and then at that point then the re- whoever's on the pitch is being undermined constantly and so and then think about the psychology of that particularly if you're being assessed It's like, oh, how many have gone to VAR? What am I doing about this? Do I, if I call it to VAR first, is that better? And that was that what I'm getting scored on and all of that. So that was the first thing, like what goes to VAR, blah, blah, blah. The second thing was exactly as you just said, how long it took. And Mm. frankly, if it takes, I I think, you know, I think it was Giles said this. If it takes four minutes, it's obviously not clear and obvious. So stop it. Mm. You know, it's like. If you haven't figured it out in a minute, then the goal stands. Just make that a rule. Because the thing is, it's like the technology is supposed to make it better, but all it's done is giving you more time for subjectivity. Now, the ball, the ball, goal line technology is, you know, like that. You can't argue with that. It's like either the ball has gone over the line or it's not. And they do that little shadow thing, and that's fine. The problem with With drawing lines from offside, and depending on where the angle is, is you can draw a line because it's like milli 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 milliseconds. Mm. So it depends when you draw the line. You know, in one milli 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 millisecond, he might not be offside, and in the next milli 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 millisecond, he will be offside. So you've made that decision, and you can prove it after. You post rationalize it. So you know if you can't make the decision within a minute, then it then the goal stands, and we have to do something because you know, like also. And I'm I'm sorry if we said this last week. I can't remember which conversations I'm having with whom.
0: Mm.
2: It's like, look, we want to keep people in stadia. We know that football fans are an ageing population. We know how expensive it is. But if basically you take the fun out of it, the jumping up and down out of it as well, because you're just like, can't be asked to celebrate in case to take the goal away, then you really are going to have, you know, in 10 years time, will there be anyone left in in football stadia? How Mm. depressing will that be?
1: So the, yeah, I'm with you. It's it that bit where you wait after the goal to check if it's fine is is just it just kills the spirit of the game. And you're right, you might as well watch it on T V where you it's cheaper, you get better angles, and you you don't have to get home afterwards. So VAR is only used for clear and obvious errors or serious missed incidents in four situations. Goals, penalty decisions, direct red card instances, and mistaken identity and only the referee. Um, can inform VAR that a decision should be reviewed so it's a weird 50-50 split so yellow cards has got nothing to do with VAR things like that
2: Um, but that means every single goal basically goes to VAR
1: yeah if the referee wants it so people often talk about rugby but I think rugby is a very different sport um, I've read about I think rugby have they have to make more than a decision a minute a, a decision a second in referees in rugby and so it makes sense to have and it is a much closer game because you've got 15 men trying to push a ball over the line of 15 other men and there is millimetres in it and you you cannot be everywhere at once so I I don't think that's fair but it is killing the spirit of the game something needs to change and they, they were set talking about decision that the reason they brought it in was because refer, I mean I'm on the Premier League um, website now and it says Premier League match officials can make mistakes which can have an impact on the outcome of a game. Uh, the power of technology means people can immediately see on the TV or their phones that mistakes have been made so but then that's going to your point like it, it there's been m- many pieces of research done that said mistakes balance themselves out so let's keep the human aspect of it. I think yeah. that there's a massive problem in um. In technology with a lack of humanity, that there's nothing wrong with a mistake here and a mistake there. Like, we they're the memorable things, you know. We, I mean, I'm grateful for the Aguero offside, which, which you know, we wouldn't have got to a Champions League final without VAR, so we can't complain. But, like, it I don't know, I like the humanity of it and the feeling of it not being fair because it always balances it out. I don't know, and the taking away the instant nature of it is it takes away the, the what I love about the game. So, yeah and that was ridiculous on on wednesday really it 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 was not right
2: no it really wasn't because it was too close i still don't think anyone can tell us yet whether he was offside or not not really no
1: no and i mean to be fair we played well for 20 the last 20 minutes we should have done far far better than that but whatever um
2: so yeah, so that does make Tuesday a you know, like a big, big game. Big game.
1: We need a draw, don't we? I think we just yeah. need a draw. They've rested their some players, but they, their form I've, I've had a look in all competitions is loss, win, loss, 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 draw. So they're not in great form. I no, but that,
2: they kind of strike me as a team that like to like spoil things.
1: Yeah. Just a real nasty shit bag So we just, what we need to do is not go one nil down. That would be the worst thing to happen early on. Just oh, and they rested exactly. the bunch of players. They've got Lyon on the weekend straight after us. So there's a little. Is that bit, a
2: big deal for them?
1: Uh, let I me mean, have a look. Hey, I mean,
0: league
1: oh, table. No, not as big as I thought it was. Lyon at 8th, Marseille 5th at the moment behind PSG, Lens, Rennes, Lorient. So So they're
2: doing all right?
1: Yeah, I mean, Lyon would be three points behind Marseille if if they won that. So it's, it's not as big a game as I thought it once was. I mean, who knows? Who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean the thing is the, the the difficult with that is is that it's all still to play for in that group because they could still qualify, couldn't they?
1: Mm. Oh yeah, everyone can still qualify.
2: Yeah, so that's the that's the thing there.
1: I think that momentum, that that break in personality from Bournemouth will really help us, they, that coming together as a team. You can see what it meant, like sunny celebration in front of the away fans, everyone else going together. It felt yeah. like just a bit of a break. Remember in, in the American office, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but it's it's entertaining. There's that bit in the last series where... Jim and Pam, of their community. He's going off to Philly all the time. Their communication's broken down, and they go to a couples therapist. And they're like, they come back to the office, and they're like, "Thank you, Pam, for that coffee. I appreciate that you took the time. You know, it became very formal." <laughs> and they therapized it felt like that's where bit spurs went up but then they they had the breaking moment and actually they realized what they're all about and they got back together that's what it feels like a little bit and maybe we'll, well see well
0: i hope
2: so because i remember talking saying here after Gian Piero died that that was the moment that we were going to turn things around because suddenly they were going to really come together and they've mm-hmm. actually fallen apart a bit since then so yeah. it also made me think gosh you know, like, they're all human too, and that, and that's affected them, and it's taken them in a direction that they probably don't want to go in, but that's where they are. But maybe being able to come back from that, as you say, is exactly that, that, that suddenly that's going to change things for them. I hope so. I hope so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little good things coming through. You know, we've scored more... 90 plus minute goals than anyone else by double. Um, we're scoring from set pieces now consistently. So, that fella that they brought in to do that is obviously doing a job. But the little things, little tweaks are beginning to happen, which is good. Uh, I mean, but the biggest news is uh, where you've been today. Taking us too long oh, to get there.
2: Today was amazing. So, I drove an hour and a half or so down to Crawley, of all places which is where the Brighton women's team play to watch Spurs, Spurs women. At the beginning of the game, um, my mate Sham was there with the ne- her 11-year-old nephew. And I said to him, what do you reckon? He said 3-0. And I was like, ah, uh. I said, do you know what? I'd be happy with one, to be fair. Clean sheet, one goal, three points, doesn't matter. Because, like, we haven't really been scoring lately. Well, what the hell do I know, ASD? <laughs> so literally, from the off... Um, number nine, Nikki Karczewska I think. I think. I don't know if. I think it might be a first or a second start. Um, gives the puts the goalkeeper under a little bit of strain. Ball goes out for a corner. The corner doesn't beat the first player. You're like, oh god, here we go again. But to give the team credit. What they did then was, was that they, they, they played another one. They played it out to Molly Bartrip, who's the uh, centre back, who just like curled it into the corner. So that was the first goal. Yes, please. Thank you very much. And then um, really very, very quickly after that, there was a little bit of a mix up in the Brighton defence and um, Nikki uh i think there was a back pass or a stray pass and she put the keeper under pressure and the keeper just kind of completely like fluffed their lines and so she just nicked the ball off her and took it round her and scored and so that was it like and that was quite early on let me have a look and see when that the second was the
1: goal was 19 minutes in God, oh okay it
2: was, so it was 19, okay mm. so it was a bit of time it felt it felt like it was soon after and then, and then you know, I, I, and then Ash scored. What did Ash, yeah. Ash Ash scored? It was a lovely finish, Ash's Ash's um, goal. Yeah. But then Drew Spence scored just before half time. And they, I'll tell you what, check it out on. It's all over social media. It's on the Spurs women social media. It's on the WSL social media. Ash does a like literally like a back a back pass to Drew Spence. And it's like a proper back. It's not like a little one. It's like I can see you're running that way, but I've got, I'm looking the wrong direction, so I'm just going to back heel it. And Drew went on a really good run, and I thought she took it a bit too far out. I was getting a cup of coffee at the time, yeah. so I was in a different perspective. So it's quite a good one. That's one thing I love about like non-league grounds. is like you just wander around, get a yeah. coffee, stand there, watch yeah. this, stand over there, watch that. And uh, and I thought Drew had taken it out a bit more, and then she suddenly found this angle and then whipped it in, which was brilliant. So um, that was four before half time, and then nice. we moved to behind the goal in the second half, behind the goal that Spurs were shooting at. We were like, we might as well come here because we were down the other end. And I thought, uh, we'll do that thing where you don't score any in the second half. But again, I'm very pleased I was wrong. Um, Ash scored a lovely volley, yeah, and then Drew Spence scored another one, and then Jess Naz who came on at half time scored two goals. And to be fair. Like, Ash said afterwards, oh, I really wanted the hat-trick, but I guess the boss was trying to prevent me from getting another yellow card. Uh, you know, but also you'd want to arrest her because, you know, like, at that point... And we, we gave um, a debut to a young defender who I think ended up playing uh, right uh, on, on the wing, as a, as a full wing-back. But, you know, she's um, a Spurs fan, made her debut in the WSL, and in a very you know, in a risk-free environment, which is what you want when you're yeah, bringing yeah. on a young player. So, you know, like it was, oh, it was great. It was absolutely, it was so much fun. I've got to give the um, Brighton fans some credit. Cause they like continued to support their team, you know, clapped at the end. I had to tell a couple of our fans off oh, and they actually moved. Yeah. Because it's like the classic thing of like, they started shouting shit keeper at this poor young woman. And look, I'm not saying that you saw right to shout it at, at men because I don't do that anyway either. But it's like, and they can really hear you in that context. Mm. And it's like, have it. We're two nil up. Nineteen minutes ago have gone. Have a little bit of class. at half time, I said to them, a bit of class. Let's.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, and also as I always say with the women's game, passion not poison. So, like, let's love our team rather than hate on the opposition. And it's like they're having a hard enough time as it is, much better that we just enjoy what we're doing. And, like, Rihanna had a massive smile on her face at full time. You know, she really enjoyed it. She's quite shy and, you know, like, and, you know, happily came over to the fans and signed stuff and posed for photographs, which she doesn't really do very often. But they were obviously just all absolutely buzzing, and it was just brilliant it's our highest ever um goal hall in the WSL it's uh we scored 11 goals this season eight of them were today you know and I think maybe for once we might be the first game on the women's football show because usually it's the games game but I don't know because it was like the FA player camera that was there there weren't any like yeah, yeah. Big TV crews. And so that always makes you wonder because the production value is not the same, mm. whether they'll actually send anyone. But uh, honestly, it was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. It was I mean, so those, much fun.
1: Those three goals after half time were within four minutes of each other. Yeah. And Neville spent, yeah, amazing times. Wish I'd taken Yeah, I mean,
2: I, I saw Lydia, who does the social media afterwards. She was like, I couldn't keep up. Because <laughs> actually, to be fair, like by the time I saw her tweeting about Ash's goal, Drew Spencer scored which is brilliant. Or maybe it was the other way around.
1: Um, Fantastic.
2: Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it.
1: Uh, And I mean, that takes us up to fifth, I think, fifth or sixth. So, um, but three wins, five games in, you take that all day long. So we've got Marseille next. We sort of covered, I mean, we're expecting to get out the group, right? We're expecting at least a draw in that game.
2: We've got to do something. We can't, we can't not get out of that group.
1: No. And then Liverpool at home next Sunday. That is an interesting game because who knows what's going to happen there.
2: I mean, what's our record like against Liverpool at home?
1: Well, I think the last time we beat them was that was the I couldn't make it because I think I was on honeymoon, which means it would be two thousand and. No, we beat them that game where we scored three. I think Sun and Deli and Kane scored in the first half. Three was that at Wembley? Maybe it's not good. It's not good, especially not Yeah, because I know we're
2: bad at Anfield. I didn't realise we were bad at home as well. Oh, I but, know. you know, and they're not on good form. But, like, you know, that, that it, it sounds like a terrible football cliche, but form goes out of the window in those kinds of games.
1: It really does. And it seems like every time a team plays us it's like the magical effect on their team like there's proper Dr Tottenham's so like both after both the Newcastle and the Man United games someone wrote an uh, an article on the BBC website about you know Man United back Newcastle top four contenders because it's just what we do it's just what we do to them uh, so let's have a look so draw two draws last year um they beat us both games I mean they haven't lost since 2017 that was that delhi game and then before that they hadn't lost since 2012 that 2-1 at home so it was wild but th- during that period there was a long time before they finished above us it was a really weird long period about eight years we didn't finish yeah. above us but and they just they just accelerated yeah i think was it that 2-1 2012 i didn't get married in 2012 so why wasn't i there so this 2012 Aaron Lennon and Gareth Bale scoring seven and sixteen, and Bale scored that own goal. Was that the when we kicked it in his own face? Lennon scored <laughs> with the Bale. Um, was it Lennon scored with the yeah? Lennon scored after a Bale coming in from the right after a Bale cross from the left, and then Bale scored a free kick I think against Pepe Reina. And then yeah, Bale, yeah
2: I think that was it. Yeah,
1: there, that's it. Um, Bale got that's the one where Bale got hit in the face. Um if you remember it. that one? And the only would... other
2: thing that is disappointing is that the Spurs women are playing Everton at home mm. next weekend and that game is at two. And so if only someone had brought, if only we'd had the forethought to bring it forward to one, you could right. get between them because obviously being a late in Orient now, as opposed to mm. in Edgeware, but no. So those of us who have got season tickets for both have to make a decision. What are we going to do? Go and watch them in. I, I hate to say it, but like I take my nephew. it Costs a lot more money. Yeah,
1: it's, you know. It's
2: silly, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, I'd rather not have to make a decision. But
1: what time is that game? Because it's next Sunday, isn't it? Is it the late kickoff?
2: Four thirty. Yeah.
1: Oh God. It means we're gonna have to think about when we do this as well. Um.
2: Yeah. True story. <laughs>
1: uh. The, the Copa Libertadores was last night. It was on the BBC, so I got a chance to watch it. Flamenco versus Atletico Paranaense. Did you watch any of it? Oh this yeah. Year? I uh, did not. I don't David even Luis. know. David oh. Luiz playing for Flamenco and Fernandinho playing for Atletico. I thought it was very interesting. Um, it was fine. Flamenco won one 0 Nigel Rio Coco was doing the co-commentary and was winding me up. I'm. I think it's been married to a, a copywriter. Uh, who is very particular on grammar, but footballers' grammar is male footballers' grammar is terrible. Female football commentary, co-commentary, what pundit grammar is is precise and perfect. I think just they have to do so much more to make it that I think they have to be perfect. Whereas, and I'm not a grammar Nazi. Like they, these are working class lads who've made who've not been to school since they were 16. So whatever. But Nigel Riococca should know better than calling Flamenco Flamingo the entire time, which wound me up. But the other bit was...
2: It's not quite copywriting the grammar, though, is it, though? It's like they're not called Flamingo.
1: (laughs) But the other one was he he talks about how they were set up in the middle side, and it really wound me up. It really wound me up. Um, What did he mean? The middle. He just meant the middle, but the middle's not on the side. It's just... Oh, I see. It's like he's got an idea... And then he puts it into his brain to try and find the words and then just let words tumble out in just whatever order. It's a bit like, what's that? um, Kaplunk. It's a bit like Kaplunk commentary. It's just, he's got a marble of an idea and it just goes down hitting sticks on the way. Really irritating. But um, it was nice to watch. It looked really hot. It was nice to see a final in the middle of the day. I know we've got that, the FA Cup final, but that's like their Champions League final, right? And it's always in the night. Put it in the middle of the day. Now it's on the Saturday. Let people celebrate i don't know what channel is know. it on bbc oh no i think it was um it was on iplayer not bbc okay uh at nine o'clock nice. I mean, yeah it's good that's it that's it I, i'm i'm out agenda completed tick
2: excellent
1: <laughs> oh god i'm just uh, going through my notes i my notes from last week i did go on a bit of a rant and uh, I, talk about war strategies and like my notes, I looked at the, um uh the translation, what the transcription, I just it sounded like a knobhead afterwards, but I was very emotional because I'm, I just, I just want to enjoy watching football. That's all I want to do. And it's quite hard at times, but.
2: Yeah. I mean, won. I wasn't here. Like, I wasn't here last week, but I don't think I would have been very good because like, I don't want to lose against Newcastle either. Cause it's like, I know we, I know we know that football is a dirty business, right? I get yeah. it but sometimes you like to I like to still continue to believe that there's something romantic about it Mm. but then basically when you've just got like literally you know don't sue us folks blood money
0: Mm.
2: allegedly I'll just say allegedly so no one can sue us and then we and then that happens to us it's just like it's so disheartening I imagine that's where you is that where you were at basically
1: It wasn't. It was just about how boring our football is now. Lacking personality was. Didn't even get onto that. Should have done, but didn't. But the 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 thing with the dirty football is quite hard to justify because you go, well, you know, I hate Chelsea because I'm, you know, I don't like Arsenal because I'm Spurs, but I hate Chelsea because I'm human. And I find it really like there's a there's a father at the uh, another dad at school. Like I can't I can't. Justify. I can't. He's a Chelsea fan. He's taking his kids to chat, and I, 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 couldn't take my kid to that ground and see that JT leader legend love life live whatever it whatever that yeah. thing says. And be, and imagine him say, well, "Why is he a legend, Dad? Oh, because uh, yeah, he shagged his best mates. I mean, he's a racist and he pisses in nightclub corner toilets and parks in disabled spots. He's a legend for us, you know. We don't let people on trains. We're we're amazing. I just I can't I can't level that off. Um. I can't remember and do you I know I,
2: this man? Do you like him?
1: No, because he's a Chelsea fan. I refuse. Like Emma's friends with her mum. Emma doesn't mind him. Our kids are friends. I just and I'm being. There's just a. bit There's also a bit of me where I don't like the fact that just because we're both dads, that, that we have to know each other and we have to like each other. Like there's yeah, a, or you have I,
2: to be friends somehow. Yeah. Right.
1: I. I'm not. I've. I've got enough friends. I don't need any more friends. Um. But, but the point. That's also
2: quite a dad thing to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, what, I just want to be left alone. The um, it's it's. But then you know, basically, we've got someone who's just made loads of money in investments, and there will be some d- dirty stuff in our history. You've got, I mean, Harry rednaps done loads of dirty stuff. We've got a drunk driver as a captain. All this sort of stuff. It's quite hard to separate. it, is, it all. but
2: it is. But you can't just say, "Oh, because we there's something there." It's like it's a very different. Thi- like John Terry is an exception for that and actually the culture and you know come back to culture it's like John Terry couldn't exist at Spurs Mm. because that's just not that's just not how we roll
1: no 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 it's just not how we roll
2: it's just not how we roll um oh that was the other thing talking of Harry Redknapp just for fun so when where we were at Bournemouth yesterday we could go up and have a drink in this bar at half time and I was like oh should we go it might be busy it wasn't busy but to get to this bar You have to walk past All the um, All the boxes And of course Harry was in a box With his pals
1: Because oh, he lives down there Doesn't
2: he Yeah he does Yeah
1: I, I mean He's worked hard so, Exactly
2: uh, Why wouldn't you just go so And like watch yeah. Spurs are in town You go up the road Go yeah, and watch a yeah. game
1: Go and watch your local club I, Yeah Don't blame him Yeah Right It's not going to hit. Um any, any, any more to add, Grace? Hopefully, I'll see you next week.
2: Yeah, uh, we'll work it out.
1: Yeah, we'll work it. Yeah, we'll work no, it out. No, but
2: like, can we please? Can
1: we please beat
2: them? Do something against Marseille.
1: Oh yeah, please. both of them.
2: If you can arrange that, ASD, I'd be grateful.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad Nazzari isn't playing for him because he was from Marseille, wasn't he? I always remember he's he was a bit of a shit bag. Wait, is he still playing, do you reckon
2: I don't know actually. It's a good question.
1: Some of our former French footballer. Do you um do you see Havlichenko announced that he retired in the week and people were like, Oh, um uh, we didn't even know he was playing. Well, people who listen to this show do because we go back over <laughs> our football list for content, for time. That's what we do.
2: <laughs> and on that note And
1: on that bombshell, it's time to end the show. Mate, thank you. It's always a pleasure on a Sunday night. So uh Thank you, and um, I'll see you soon. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's Lindy White. Come on, you Spurs.
0: I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball. The billow of the net. The beating of the track and the picking of the lock. The swiftness of thought. The lightness of touch. We are Ginola. Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbit, and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are blanchflower, Flower, Ardilis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.